by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Let's give the mothers a round of applause. Happy Mother's Day. We appreciate you guys so much. There's Every year I tell that same old joke that without moms, none of us would be here. (laughs) It gets a laugh every year, so I keep using it. So be here next year. We'll do it again. But the best part of it is, is you know what? Your mom must have done a specially good job because you're here. Good job, moms. Got your kids in the church. I hear you, moms. There you go. You know, God trusted moms with his most prized possession, you. God puts a lot of trust in moms. Moms are very very valuable in the kingdom of God. We're going to talk about moms today. Uh, Mine is sitting on the front row there today in her beautiful peach shirt there. She's happy now, but wait till I tell all these stories on her today. (laughs) You remember that time I was helping you move back from Orlando, and we was in that truck, and had all your stuff in the back, and we stopped at one of those big old gas stations, 40 pumps, you know, people running back and forth to get their snacks and stuff, and, and she goes in to use the restroom, and I'm just out there minding my own business, pumping gas. When she comes busting out of the double doors, the glass doors of the place, and, and, and it's always in my memory, it, it reverts to slow motion because it was just so traumatic for me. Because she busts out those doors and she's waving both hands like this. And she's saying, no. And I'm thinking somebody's fixing to shoot me, and I'm looking around, and she's saying, no, guy, put it down. And I said, well, I'm, what did I do? I steal something by accident? I don't know what I'm, what's going on. And then finally some dude looks up from his cooler next door. He says, I think she talks about you, means your cell phone, dude. And I was calling home with Angie back in the day when we had flip phones. And Mama thought that, you know, the flip phone was going to cause the gas to explode, you know. the. <laughs> and so every, and I, and I realized what just happened, and everybody, all 50 people pumping gas are looking at me like I'm the biggest idiot, you know. <laughs> like, don't you know that, dummy? Which has been debunked a thousand times, Mama. It's not true. You can use your, ga- your phone at the gas pump. Boy, I was mad. We got in that truck, and we started driving, and Mama just goes back to her cheerful self. She's all happy, you know, and I'm over there grinding my molars down, you know. I was just trying not to say something going to get me in trouble. I guess it was 100 more miles into the trip before I was able to take a breath, you know. And I thought to myself, you know, if my mama really believed that I was fixing to go up in a ball of flames, how else would I expect her to act?
I didn't say it. Seriously, if that's what you believe, then isn't that how you should respond? And I think about that story when I think about how Christians are sitting here knowing people dying and going to hell and are not waving our hands and saying no. We're going to get some insight today about boldness. We've been speaking about boldness. I thought we finished the message last week, but I realized we just started. Proverbs 28.1 says, The wicked run away when no one is chasing them. But the godly are as bold as lions. And last week I made you roar, and I'm not going to do that again today. Unless you just want to. There's a little growling going on out there, right? <laughs> I have some bold people in the house today. I can appreciate that. <laughs> but we should be bold as lions. Mama's never been afraid. Oh, and another thing last week. I, we were talking about our identity in Christ, and I kept saying the word identity. That's the way I was pronouncing it. Nobody stopped me. The whole, I went back and looked at the tape. If I'm pronouncing something wrong the whole service, you ought to tell me. Identity. Identity. It's identity. Isn't that how I should pronounce it? So help me preach and help me speak. But many Christians live their whole life without boldness, and that's hard to imagine because we're supposed to be bold as lions. We have untold riches in our spiritual bank accounts, but we live like paupers. We don't claim anything that is ours. We don't speak the word of God. Some people may think that it was a little strange what happened earlier. But hey, that's us being bold. That's us being the body of Christ. And we don't have to sit around and act goofy about it. We just speak it and believe it. We don't have to prolong it or whatever, but we must speak boldly the Word of God, if we want the Word of God to activate in our lives. Think about the, we always talk about the prodigal son, you know, the one that ran off and spent his father's inheritance on wild living. Well, we know that's wrong, but what about the prodigal son's brother who was in the house with the father the whole time, but never stepped into any of the joy, never had a party in God's house, never, he, he was just bitter. And that's the way a lot of Christians get today when they're not actively bold in their faith. They're not, we just sit here and we collect a bunch of knowledge. And then we get stagnated. Because we're not letting any of we're not putting any into action, and the river's not flowing; it's backed up. Does that make sense? What should happen when we get saved? Let's turn to Second Corinthians chapter five. Should be different. I know I'm different since I got saved. Woo. Angie said, Woo, goodness. Okay. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14. I just love how it starts. Either way, Christ's love 
controls us. We could quit right there. That's the way it's supposed to be. Say that with me. Christ's love controls me. Can you say that honestly? Is that the way you're living? That God's love in you affects your decision making. Christ's love controls Christians. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. I mean, we got baptized in front of everybody. Everybody. And we said... Hey, I'm dying to my old self and I'm being resurrected into a new life. But did things really change? Did they really change Monday through Saturday? Since we believe that Christ died for us, do you understand he died for us? We also believe that we should die to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves, and that's the problem. You see, we're trying to claim to live for Christ, but many times we're just living for ourselves. No, instead they will live for Christ, who, was die, who died and was raised for them. So we've stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. We should see things differently now. We've got a different point of view. We should see through the eyes of Christ, through the eyes of Scripture. Do you see what I'm saying? We don't evaluate people from a human point of view. One time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. But how differently we know him now. We saw him as just a person, born a little kid born in Bethlehem. But how different we see him now that he's been resurrected. How different we see him now that that light has come on on the inside of us. And we get a real true picture of who he really is in the glory of God revealed to us. In the face of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We should be different because we know him different. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. It's a new life. It's a new day. It's a new way. Are you Peter at the fire? Or are you Peter on fire? Last week we talked about Peter warming his hands while Jesus is over there getting interrogated and beaten. And a little servant girl says, you're one of them, aren't you? You're with Jesus. He says, no, I'm not. That's Peter at the fire. That's Peter who claimed to be Christians but never step into the new life. But after Peter saw Jesus resurrected, he saw not from a merely human point of view any longer. He saw Jesus for who he is. You're talking about a lion. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He saw Jesus high and lifted up for sure. He saw him resurrected, and Jesus breathed into Peter, and Peter received the Holy Spirit into his heart. And that same Peter who denied Jesus at the fire stood before his accusers, stood before those who had Jesus crucified, and said, and condemn them for accusing, uh, for crucifying Jesus. 
stood up boldly to them and preached the gospel to them. That's Peter on fire. That's somebody living the new life. That's somebody who got saved, saved. That's somebody who's gone whole hog. That's somebody who who has the integrity to live out what they claim they are. The boldness of a lion in the pride of the Lord Jesus Christ. A new life has begun. You see, Jesus has given us authority over the enemy. Cancer is an enemy. This morning we took our authority. This morning we roared a minute. And you know what? It scares the devil that we would stand in our authority. It scares the devil. He's used to us just being that old person, that old pushover at the fire. He's not used to us being on fire, knowing in whom we have believed, knowing what we believe, knowing the truth about these hands, knowing who dwells on the inside of us, the same power that resurrected Christ now dwells in your mortal body. There needs to be a resurrection taking place. Luke 10, 19, Jesus said, Look, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy. You see, the devil, he roams about like a roaring lion. He's not really a lion. He wants to be like us. But he's already messed that up. So he tries to intimidate us. He's roaring and making all this noise. And I look at society today with his woke threats, his political correctness, and his council culture. You know what, what all that is? It's an attempt to get us to be quiet. It ain't no different than the, than the ones that crucified Jesus standing up there afraid of Peter now. They didn't know what to do with Peter. The only reason they were able to crucify Jesus is because he came to lay down his life. Nobody took it from him. Jesus purposely didn't say anything. He was like a sheep led to the slaughter because he came to die for us. But they couldn't have taken his life if he didn't want it taken. And the devil can't take your life unless he talks you into giving it up. And that's what he does. And that's what he's trying to do to society today. Be quiet. Don't speak the truth. I've got a new generation coming up and I'm, I'm through propaganda, through new teachings and all this stuff, I'm trying to raise them different. You Christians, be quiet. Don't tell them the truth. Lest they rise up and be bold as lions. But the devil, he's a fake. He's not powerful. You have authority over him. And the moment you stand up, the moment you speak the word of God, he trembles. He's trying to stop the word of God because the word of God is killing him. The word of God defeats him. He said, this, this Paul I know, and Jesus I for sure know, but who are you? 
what are you going to say? Are you going to be the seven sons of Sceva? Are you going to know your authority? Are you going to be bold? You know, after Peter was arrested for preaching in the name of Jesus and brought before those people and he said his peace, they let him go. They didn't know what to do with him. They didn't know what to do with somebody who would speak, dare speak the truth. Same way in the world today. The media don't want us to, to speak the truth. They don't know what to do with people out here speaking the truth. Lord forbid if I were to sit up here. I mean, we could preach all day about the stuff that it's, it's amazing that we have to argue about how many genders there are. And what, what bathrooms we should use. And should drag queens be teaching our children? I mean, really, do, we ha do I have to go through those elementary teachings? But why is the enemy winning? Because the church is silent. Won't speak the truth. Won't roar. There's no boldness. But we're changing. We're changing. They let Peter go. You know what he did? He went back to the church and he prayed in Acts 4.29, Oh, Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. And when he was flogged because of preaching in the name of Jesus, you know what he said? He left rejoicing that he was counted worthy to suffer for Christ's sake. Are you afraid to suffer in this life? Hebrews 13, 20 says, Now may the God of peace who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood. You see, we stand in a blood covenant. May he equip you with all you need for doing his will. We got a great shepherd who is willing to lay down his life and he will equip you to do his will. Are you listening to me? May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ. It's not your own power. That's why we're scared because we think, I don't got no power. But you got the power of Jesus Christ on the inside of you. You're looking at the wrong thing. It's no longer I that live, but Christ living in me. The life that I now live, I live through faith in the one who died and gave himself for me. The resurrection is in me. Every good thing through the power of Jesus Christ, we can do every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. You can do it. Like Bella Caroli, the old gymnast teacher. <laughs> you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Look at your neighbor and say, you can do it. You know you want to say it. <laughs> Joe, I didn't see you say it. <laughs> Philippians 1.20 says, For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ. Is that your heart? As I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die. For me, living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. Mm. 
That's what we need to get a hold of. That's, that's what's holding us back. We're afraid to die. And the Bible says all our life we've been afraid of, of dying. But we're supposed to have a new boldness. Now, when we went under in baptism, we're supposed to have said, I die to this world. I die to myself. And I live anew for Christ. So whether I live or die, I mean, you can't kill a dead man. I've already died. And for me, death is just a promotion. I'm just going to be somewhere better if you kill me. So what am I afraid of? We got our eyes on self again. You're not bold in self. You're bold in Christ. You're bold in your Lord Jesus. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says, Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Spread your legs a little bit. Get you a good stance on that rock on which you stand. Set your face like flint, you see. Stand fat, firm in the faith. Act like men. The English Standard Version says, Act like men. Be strong. You men thought I was going to leave you out today, didn't you? I forgot to tell a few stories about Mama. When I was a little bitty boy, we lived over in Oakshire Apartments in Whitehaven. And one time, I guess I was seven or eight years old, and I walked behind some of the apartments back in a little crevice over there, and there was a couple teenagers smoking dope. I didn't know what to do. I ran and told Mama, Mama, they're, they're smoking dope back here. No, I imagine most parents would say, just don't go back there, hon, don't go back there. Mama called the police. <laughs> Mama called the popo. I don't know if they came or not, but you know what? I saw my mama not afraid. I saw my mama stand up to, to stuff. And you know what? Because I saw that, it made me feel like I ain't smoking dope. If it's that serious that mama's going to call the popo. I never smoked dope. Never did drugs. I did a lot of other stuff. But I never did drugs. Because my mama set an example for me. And that's what your boldness sets for other people. Are you listening? One time, we lived right across from Havenview uh, Junior High. And there was an empty field out there at the time. And there would be guys driving their hot rods up and down, you know, in the 70s, late 70s, early 80s. One of them jumped up on the grass and started doing donuts. You know, made a big scene right in front of our house. And then drove over to the parking lot and got out, you know, with a beer, sitting on his hood, and a couple of, you know, guys in their 20s or something. We was looking out the window. We heard all this racket or whatever. Well, I'm not going to go out there and say something to them big fellas. My mama got a, a notepad and a pen and walked right across that grass, went up to their car, and started writing down their license plate. Those guys put their beer down. They looked back and said, what's wrong with you, lady? She said, I'm calling the police. <laughs> and you did, didn't you? Gave them the tag number. That's a mama bear right there. We got mama bears in the house, and we got daddy lions. So, fellas, act like men. 
keep up with these ladies. We don't, it's too, too long the ladies been doing all the preaching and the, and the praying in the house of God. It's too long that the ladies been, been wearing the pants in the family of God. Mm. One time, I don't know what we was thinking, we took Mama golfing with me, me and my little brother. We were teenagers. We took Mama golfing. And we hit our shots, went out there, and next thing we know, the people behind us didn't wait like they're supposed to. They're supposed to wait till you get out of the way. Well, their balls come rolling up beside us, and me and Heath were saying, that's, that's rude, man. They ought to, we, we was huffing and puffing, you know. They ought to stop doing it. We got up to the green. They was already hitting their balls on the green and stuff. And we were like, this ain't right. And, and we ain't even got to the second tee box. Mama already done thrown her golf clubs down and comes walking down that green. Walking down that fairway, telling them guys what's up. <laughs> With some colorful language. I'm talking about on the first hole. We didn't take her golfing no more. <laughs> but she heard us just murmuring and complaining, scared to do anything. But she took action. My mama is bold, I'm telling you. But I wouldn't suggest we go cussing folks out. I'm not talking about being carnally bold. I'm talking about being spiritually bold today. A lot of us can be carnally bold, but we're just little wimps in the spirit. You remember what that scripture said, the first one we read, it said, Christ's love controls us. What is our motivating factor as Christians? Christ love. We are to be like him. He was not a wimp. He was very bold. But he, he was very controlled. And he was very loving. Merciful and gracious. Forgiving. He was bold to speak the truth. But he spoke the truth in love. And sinners flocked to him and didn't run from him. He didn't put up a wall of petition against them. He didn't make people his enemies. He prayed for his enemies. Those who considered themselves his enemies. And the sinners loved him. And he was bold in the spirit and not bold in the flesh. You know, we don't fight against flesh and blood. We must remember that. I'm not talking about, you know... We're going to get out there and we're going to fight against this group or fight against that group in the flesh. And There's times to stand up and, you know. But I'm talking about being spiritually bold. We come in the name of Jesus. And we have to be careful how we represent his name because it is a name above every other name. That's why we prayed in the name of Jesus because it's a name above cancer. We don't just throw his name out like it's cheap. Like it don't mean nothing. I think today many times we've gotten a habit of in Jesus' name to everything without any thought of what we're saying and what we're declaring. We come in the name of Jesus and we have every responsibility to revere that name to make that name known 
is glorious and great. He's high above all principalities, you understand. It's a name above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. And every tongue confess to the glory of God, both in heaven and earth below, that Jesus Christ is Lord. And that's why we use that name, so that they'll, they'll bow the knee on this side before it's too late. Christ's love controls us. It controls our boldness. Just like I said, Christ controlled himself. Or else they would, he would have never... Be, they would have never been able to get him on the cross. We come in the name of Jesus. Jesus sent 70 rookie Christians out to witness one time. As he was raising up disciples, he sent them out two by two. And they went out. And all the things they could have come back and said, they saw people delivered and healed and saved. In Philippians, I mean, uh, Luke 10, 17, it says, Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. The name of Jesus. The demons are subject to you. They are afraid. And that's why it's okay for us to pray. The de demons don't care about it. The media don't care about that. Oh, you pray in the name of Jesus, then we got a problem. You know what I'm saying? Because the demons don't care if you just pray. But there's power in that name that you possess. He's given you his name. He's given you the authority that comes in the name of Jesus. Even the demons are subject to you in the name of Jesus. Some of you are being tormented Suffering, oppression, depression, all these things, night terrors, can't sleep, nervousness, all these effects of demonic pressure in your life, destroying you, breaking you down. And all you have to do is say, in the name of Jesus, get off of me. You depart from me. And you don't just cast the devil out and sweep the house real good and then welcome him back in tomorrow with his other seven buddies. You say, Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with something different. You're going to be filled with something. You're going to bow the knee to somebody. But I bow the knee and I want to be filled with Jesus Christ. He is my victory. I am more than an overcomer in him. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He is the Lord of glory. He is my boldness. He is my lion. He is my protection, my rear guard, my high tower, my refuge, my fortress, my strength, my shield, my buckler. He is the great I am. And in him I am. And whose I believe? Jesus. In John 16, 23, Jesus said, At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth, you will ask the Father directly, and he will grant your request because you use my name. Yes. How will that affect your prayer life? 
He will grant your request. Whatever you ask according to his will will be done if you use the name of Jesus with the proper respect and, and faith that it, it, that it needs. If you can pray with an, uh, a little bitty seed worth of faith in the name of Jesus, the Father will do it. You don't need a pastor to sit up here and stir your faith, stir your faith. You need to stir your own faith. Faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Get your Bibles open, people. We're in a battle down here for the soul of our nation, for the soul of your family, for your children and your grandchildren's sake. Wake up and get into the word of God and put on your spiritual big boy pants and roar for Jesus. Now is the time. If not now, when we, what are we waiting on? You've been called for such a time as this, I'm telling you. What is it we can't do? What is it that God put in your heart to do, but you're scared to try? You know, I've always been afraid before I met Jesus. I was just a fearful person. I was, I was afraid to try. I was afraid of failure. If I tried, I was afraid if I succeeded. I was afraid that I couldn't maintain it if I succeeded. I was afraid they'd find out I was a fraud. I was afraid of the dark, a grown man. Six foot four, putting on this big image like I got it all together. Secretly, I'm afraid on the inside. We're all insecure in those ways, in ourselves. But you know what? I wanted to be a writer. I'm... He hauling around writing songs. Ain't never done nothing with them. Got a whole pile of them. My mama moves back from Orlando. She decides, I want to be a news reporter. She runs down to the news station and talks to them until they give her a job that week. She's writing news stories in the newspaper. I ain't never had anything put in the newspaper. That week, she just said, I'm going to do it and did it. She said, I can get you on. You want me to get you? You want me to get your stories in the paper? I started writing stories and I started getting them in the newspapers. Because my mama, Lord Jesus, talking about a mama's boy. You know, I, I think back to a college. I, I made the all-Memphis, all-Metro team in baseball in high school. And, uh, but I had nobody recruiting me because I was six foot three, 160 pounds, and, you know, ran the 40-yard dash in two minutes. <clears throat> but my grandmother lived down in Mississippi in the Delta. She said, I'll call Coach Bellapani down at the Mississippi Delta Junior College. He'll give you a scholarship. I said, Mom, Grandmama, you don't know how that works. It's not gonna be, that's not the way it's done. They, 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 they got to be recruiting you. They got to know you. You got to go for an interview. Next day, I get a call from Coach Bellapani. Come on down. I got you a full scholarship waiting. Think of the things that you don't have because you don't ask. 
the things that you could have if you would have the boldness to step forward into your destiny, to your calling. Mm. You know what I was always afraid of? I was, I was holding on to my life. I was scared I was going to lose it. I was scared that something was going to cost me. Or I would, but now that I know Jesus, I'm not living for myself any longer. I find myself giving myself away. My goal is no longer to hold on to me, but to give me away as much as I can give to others. And like Kirsty said, that's where the joy is. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's not what I can get, it's what I can give. That's what life consists of. And Jesus says, if you, if you hold on to your life in this world, you'll lose it. But if you lay down your life for my sake, you'll find it. And we just think that's just a scripture, but it's true. This holding on to your life is making you more and more fearful. Afraid you're going to, I'm holding on to my bank account. If I give, give any money away, then, you know, I won't have enough for myself. What is that saying about your faith in God? Who is your source here? Who is your source in this life? Jesus laid down his life. And I think about him hanging on that cross. And the sin, all of our sins was poured on him on that cross. He had never felt separated from the Father before. They had always been one. But he says, my God, why have thou forsaken me? He's feeling totally abandoned. Because of our sin, the wickedness of our filth, he had become. He's a snake on the brass pole. But even in that state, in the end, he said, into thy hands I commit my spirit. Bold. He still had the boldness to believe that the Father is good. My brother passed a couple years ago. He always said, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. That was his saying. He wasn't afraid to die. And he died well. And I think about those of us who saw his struggle and, his, and grew courage from his strength. And we have to do it the same way. I'm not afraid to die. I've already did it already. Was that in the, the Revenant, the movie? You might die. I ain't afraid to die. I've done it already. I've done it already. We're not bold so that we can say, hey, look at me. We're bold so we can say, hey, look at Jesus. See, a lot of Christians talk a lot of stuff and say a lot of things, but they're not representing Christ well. You can be bold carnally, but that's not the way I'm talking about being bold. We must speak the truth in love. I wrote this. We're not bold seeking political power or the moral high ground. What can we get out of it? But we're bold to stand as watchmen on the wall for the soul of this nation. 
bold to stand for our children who are being corrupted. And frankly, we need to be bold for those who are corrupting our children and those lost souls that are deprived because Jesus said to love your enemies. And that's what's going to change this nation. Not a political party. Not, I mean, it's not, I'm not saying that we shouldn't vote or anything. I'm, we do our natural stuff. But I'm saying what's really going to change this nation is for us to speak the truth in Jesus' name and to do it in love and to change this nation one soul at a time. That's the way it's got to be done. One soul at a time. We don't argue people into our way of thinking. That just ain't going to happen. People are too set in. But to only the love of Jesus can, can break down those hearts. So you, you've been a Christian how long and you had not had any signs of boldness yet? Are you saved, really? I was preaching down at the jail this Sunday night, and they only brought us two guys, but you know what? That's okay. We preach just like we're preaching to a room full. <clears throat> I asked them before we got started, I said, you guys uh, going to heaven? Do you know if you're saved? One guy said, yeah, I know, and the other guy says, yeah, I think so. I said, you know, the Bible says in 1 John 5, 13 that you may know that you have eternal life and this life is in his son. Do you have a no-so faith? Are you confident that you're saved? Do you, I mean, you, you can't talk me out of me being saved. I mean, some preachers try. <laughs> I've heard some messages so stout, I'd be like checking my own salvation. <clears throat> but I know, I know that I know. And so, I preached, the, I, I had, you know, an hour, so I preached. <laughs> and I tried to get Tom to come up and spell me for a minute, but he said, you got it tonight, Pastor. And so I preached, and I preached, I preached my heart out. I told him everything I know. I, I preached hell, fire, and brimstone. I mean, I, so, so some saved by fire, by fear, right? You, you, I preached, you know, the, the, the benefits of heaven and the, not so much benefits of hell. And at the end, this guy still would not receive Christ. But you know what? At least he didn't leave there still thinking he's saved. Don't leave here today still thinking you're saved if you don't have that no-so. You're supposed to know that you have eternal life. And this life is because you have trusted in his son. And if you've lived your life down here on the earth claiming Christianity, maybe even going to church all the time, but there's no change, you don't share your testimony, you're not loving the, the lost, you've got to ask yourself, did I really get saved? Was there true repentance in my heart when I said that prayer? Because that guy had said the prayer before. But he left that night. He, you know what? He, God can work with honesty. He left that night knowing that he was lost. And I believe that gave God something to work with. He's going to he's gonna have to face that every night when he puts his head on that pillow. Man, if I die right now, God's got something to work with. So be honest with yourself. 
Soon the lion of the tribe of Judah is going to let loose with a bold roar. And I want to be riding with him, not against him. And I want to lend my voice to that roar. And you know what I want with my whole heart? I want all of us to be in it together. I want us all to be riding with Jesus. I want us all to be roaring bold as lions. And so if you're here today, and you would say, Pastor Guy, I'm in front of all these people, and I know it's Mother's Day and everything, but I don't have a, a no-so faith. I got a church history. I got this. I've been baptized or whatever. But if I died, I'm still basing things on my own goodness. I'm looking at me, and that's not where you got to have your eyes. You got to have your eyes on Jesus. That's where the boldness comes from. And you want to make, make sure you're right with Jesus. I want you to be a bold young lion or mama bear and come down here and let me pray for you right now. Anybody? Thank you, sir. You see, God's here to heal, save, and deliver. He's here that, that you would have the fullness of God. Thank you, ma'am. Come on down. I'm not trying to scare anybody out of your salvation. I'm just, but I'm just, I'm talking to you if you're not sure of your salvation. Because you should know that you have eternal life. Anybody else? Lord's working in hearts right now. Holy Spirit's dealing with, with hearts right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just somebody in here that's been running from God their whole life. love is chasing you down his goodness has, has kept you alive kept you breathing but you know what one day these earth suits are going to wear out and if you don't have life in your spirit then you won't have eternal life with God would you stop running would you come down and run to God run to a new destiny, a new hope, a new future? Would you come running for the peace and the joy that comes in believing and being right with God? There's not a, a new way to be saved. I know you guys have all received Christ at one time or another. The only new thing if anything new needs to happen is is the heart for is the with the mouth confession is made into salvation but it's with the heart it, it, it must be hooked up with your heart there must be true repentance and you're going to begin to be bold for Jesus pray with me like this say God forgive me of sin I repent. I turn to you with my whole heart. Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I believe in you.
I trust in you. And I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit, with boldness, that I would preach your word and give of my life for others. Thank you for your grace and mercy. Carry me, Lord. Teach me, Lord. Guide me and lead me into this new life. Let your love control me. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. You can be seated. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.